Blog Talk Radio. Ship's Log, entry number 1943. A dark star cruising at light speed through sector theta 990. En route to the Veil Nebula for destruction of unstable planets. Our ETA is 17 hours. Uh, ship systems continue to deteriorate. Oh, yeah. The short circuit in the rear seat panel which killed Commander Powell is still faulty. The, uh, the storage... Because he's sitting next to Commander Powell's seat, it continues to bother Pinback. Uh, oh yeah, storage area nine uh, self-destructed last week and destroyed the ship's entire supply of toilet paper. So. Welcome to Steve's Video Store. <laughs> similarities. Well, yeah, there's yeah, similarities in all areas. Toilet paper. <laughs> well, that's just, you know, isn't that a shame that people had to be so goddamn stupid to do that? So now everyone makes jokes about something that could very well kill your mother. So, I mean, come on. It's just it's, it's stupid. Oh, and here's <laughs> good news. Uh, the Attorney General of my beloved state, Tennessee, has ordered all of those dumbasses that hoarded a sanitizer to give it up or go to jail. How's he going to enforce that? Trust me. We got ignorant redneck cops with guns that just like to shoot people for no reason. So it probably will be easier than that. You know what I mean? 
Oh, good God. But still, that's what you get for trying to hoard something like that and then try to profiteer off of it. I got no sympathy. Oh, neither do I. Oh, I have no sympathy for a lot of people. I even sent a a pretty strong message to one of my friends just before I called you guys to be on the show. I mean, they want me to go out and party with them in public. And I was like, really? Okay, cool. You're assholes. Yeah, Vicky's got such a lack of sympathy that she chews her cats out and her dogs when they poop and pee where they ain't supposed to. And she's kind of <laughs> rude about it. I think we all do that, however. Don't. I certainly would do that. <laughs> Me, I usually tell my dogs to run before mom sees it. <laughs> But, yeah, it's been a crazy week, and it's only going to get crazier. People just breathe. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. And the scary thing is our, our, our wonderful president actually said that. Everyone, take a breath and breathe. I think it's the first time I've ever agreed with him. Yeah, but what else can he say? He said everything else that was so totally wrong. There's nothing left. That's yeah, how I no, it. no, I don't disagree with you there. But it's yeah, the seriously, point like, go ahead. I just think that it's it's like. He just doesn't know what else to do. So somebody said, well, show a little kindness. <laughs> and that's why he said it. Uh, it's, it's what's weird. funny is this week people usually talk about Disney being the evil empire. Right, guys? Right. Yep. But then they pulled something out of their but this weekend, it shocked me. They're already, uh, instead of milking Frozen 2, which they could have on VOD and DVD, for six more months, like they were supposed to, they said, screw it because of the virus. You can't get out. Nobody can do nothing. We're putting it on our channel already. Yeah, i got to give them credit. And they put, I give them tiny bit of credit. Yeah, tiny bit of credit. And they put Star Wars already out three days before it was supposed to go on sale. Okay. Right, so that's a good thing, yes. And we're, we'll talk about it later, but Amazon and a lot of the VOD uh, renters, are really going crazy with the sales. But for the first hour, I want to talk about virus movies. The first thing is I call it uh, China Syndrome Effect. Because what happened was it came out a week and no one really watched it. It flopped. But then a week later, 
Three Mile Island happened, and everybody and their mother watched it. It's like Contagion. Three weeks ago, it was nothing. It was just another movie on Netflix. And then the virus happened. And now it's the number two most popular movie of all time. Wrap that around your brains, Vicky and Carl. All time on Views and Netflix. Good Lord. Well, I did, in fact, in in February when I was being called an alarmist and, you know, all kinds of names, as I watched the, the virus consume China, I did watch Netflix has this show called Containment, and it's about a, it's this exact same scenario, but it's a series, and um, it happens in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, uh, I mean, it's a much more serious virus, and it's man-made. But I don't know, when you're, when you're afraid, sometimes, see, uh, you guys, I, you know I'm not a horror fan as far as like all the rest of you and all you people out there in the audience. But um, I started getting fearful, and so I had to, to seek out that thing that scares me. I, so I watched it on TV so I could get my fear in order. I think that's what you're talking about, Stephen, the China Syndrome thing. Yeah. I would call Contagion more of a science faction thing because it's basically everything that happens in the movie has been proven right on how we respond to something like that with the whole profiteering and everything. It's been spot on to a scary amount. Yeah. Agreed. Yep, totally agree. But there are so many other, well, Outbreak has been going up too, but that's more of a pure action film than a, it's an action film with a virus in it than a virus film, wouldn't you guys say? Oh, yeah. I still remember when I went to see it and how disappointed I was that it wasn't really about the virus and more about, you know, the people and the action and and all, yeah, I remember. It's really, yeah, I'm not a big a, fan of that like, film, to be honest. It's yeah, all right. It's not that great. It gets a little, it's it okay. gets too silly. I mean, seeing Dustin Hoffman, fifty-year-old Dustin Hoffman, flying through the air in an attack helicopter, avoiding missiles, trying to get a monkey back to them so they can get an antidote. <laughs> Is a wee yeah. bit over the top. <laughs> a wee bit. <laughs> but hey, you know, people want to watch these movies. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It provides stress relief. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the one thing. What are we going to do? You know, I mean, they haven't shut down the theaters yet here in New York, the movie theaters, but certainly... Uh, AMC and now um, Regal 
uh, in this area have uh, have cut uh, down how many people can be in the theater at one time. Yeah, three people and, stand. And, yeah. So, so you know, I mean, we're going to have to find a way to escape somehow. And it looks like uh, streaming, this is going to be used for streaming. There's just oh, no Oh, yeah, Netflix, about. man. Don't you wish you had stock in Netflix right now? <laughs> God. And our numbers, every podcast I, podcast I talk to, all podcasts, their numbers are going through the roof now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite guy is Nerdrotic, and I've been I've listened to everything he has to say about Doctor Who and uh, Star Trek Picard because, um, yeah, I've been in the house for so long now. By the way, I'm off work for three weeks, but they're not making any indication that when we're supposed to come back, we really will go back after Easter. So, so there's that. Well, downhill out here, they've canceled all the colleges. For the rest of the semester oh, yeah. period. No, no, University no. That's Tennessee across America. No, that's across America. I mean, even Fresno State and City College, Fresno City, shut down last week. All colleges. All Stanford, actually, I think that this is very telling about the situation that we are in. Because in California... Where do you, in fact, we just had a student over um, Christmas who, who had an aneurysm and was very ill. And where did they take him? Where did, where did the um, children's hospital take him? Stanford. So if you're very ill, you go to Stanford. But Stanford was the very first university that I know of that shut down all classes, sent home all students, and said we're doing it online. If Stanford is going to do that, and that was two or three weeks ago, you know things are kind of serious. Yeah. True. Oh, and I well, I don't know if you heard uh, it. Just it just broke here, but uh, uh, New York schools are closed. Just happened. Yeah. Not an hour ago. Oh, and tell them what you told me about the Catholic churches in New York City today, Carl. Well, well, I could tell you that too. Now, I I play for a uh, a Christian Science Church, and when there's only three people in a place suits two thousand seats, two thousand, we're okay. But the Episcopal Diocese of Long Island, which includes Brooklyn and Queens, closed down on Friday. There will be uh, until April second. Now. That could, uh, uh, they're saying that that, uh, Holy Week could probably be impacted too. So today was the last day for for all the churches in, Catholic churches in Manhattan, Staten Island, and the Bronx. Uh, uh, It's the last day uh, of, uh, and that, and also, I take that back, it's also Queens and Brooklyn. So all five boroughs, Catholic churches, closed down until after Holy Week. And I want to say this, and this comes from the bottom of my heart. Every person who's complained on Netflix, I mean on Facebook, on Twitter, on the news, that they should keep the schools open because they have no other place to put their kids, a.k.a. teachers are their babysitters, 
Yeah, no kidding. I'm pretty incensed about that. Very, very unhappy with people and their attitudes towards teachers at this point. Agreed. And it's sad that there's a lot of kids that won't have three meals a day because they can't go to school. That shows how shitty we are in the country. People talk about if things keep going the way they are, we're in a depression. I think we're already there. We will oh, yeah. Oh, I'd agree with that. I definitely agree with but that. Absolutely pisses me off that um, people don't understand. I, I see hungry kids all day long at my job. And the thing about it is, is that uh, we've become this big charity. No one knows it. No one looks at it. No one examines it. But we give a free breakfast and a free lunch every single day for whoever wants to come in and get it. I'm not saying it's the greatest food in the world because it's not, but it's food. So if you're hungry, and I'm telling you, I see kids who are eating it. And so that indicates that the country, and this is a federal program, across the board, it's the federal government giving money to school districts to feed these kids. So it's a social program that nobody talks about and no one knows about. So think about that. Yeah, people don't And if I could just add to that. um, You could also say the same thing about seniors. Uh, what they're doing with the seniors right. because I go up, I go up to the senior center up here for my social uh, service worker, and uh, they close down. They'll be giving out uh, uh, lunches, which they charge a nominal a buck fifty to two bucks for. Uh, uh, but if you're hungry, you can just take one. But they'll be still be doing that. But but all the services in that. And, and, and of course, you know the seniors are very, very, um, uh, you know, they're they're, uh, you know, they could catch this disease very easily. So you got to be very, very careful. So you know, uh, all well, these in California, houses... we're told go anyone ahead. who's sixty-five years old and older should not go out at all. Mm-hmm. So that just goes along yeah. with your senior thing. Exactly. Exactly. And all of us are pretty much shut-ins or semi-shut-ins that hear that, oh, people ask the gun, my master, oh, Steve, I know you don't feel well. I hope you don't go out. What? (laughs) I never go out anyway. But yeah, That's going funny. back to virus movies to get on a happier page. If you really want to talk about science fiction <laughs> was based that's one of the biggest tropes of science fiction is the alien the virus. The Go virus back to, yeah. what was it, nineteen ten, nineteen twelve when H. E. Wales wrote War of the Worlds? Oh yeah. Jules Verne. Jules Verne also had a story about um, uh, infection and virus too. I mean, the two num- the two 
top science fiction writers a uh, hundred years ago or 120 years ago, uh, both of them used uh, robotics, machinery, and viruses. Yeah. I just yep. love it so awesome that all the big weapons in War of the Worlds, the missiles, the bombs, didn't do sh- didn't do squat. But the littlest right. thing, the virus, just stopped them dead cold. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was... Uh... The first time I saw War of the Worlds, I was seven years old. And I saw it completely by myself on a Saturday night at my grandparents' house. My grandparents went to bed, and I watched it. And it scared me to death. And I had been a very sick child. Um, I had the measles. I had a rheumatic fever. I was just a really sick child. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and these these things are are scaring me to death, these Martians. And I'm just in this big chair all wrapped up in a blanket, all scared to death. And then at the very end, when they start crashing into the buildings, and then our hero walks up to it and sees that the the hand comes out and it's starting to disintegrate. And then the narrator comes back. The narrator from the beginning of the movie finally comes back and says, of the little, like you said, Stephen, how you said it, the littlest of all creatures destroyed the Martians. And I'm like, yeah, they almost killed me so they could kill those Martians. One of the I've ever seen. It was like it had War of the Worlds to their back, and it showed one of the alien hands. Yeah. And they were holding a bottle of NyQuil. (laughs) (laughs) That's just funny. (laughs) And that brings up something scary. That the CDC had to go out and say, don't drink bleach to help contain yourself from the coronavirus. Oh. Well, that's the epidemic of the dumb, dumbing down of America. You know what? In 1965, in 1975, in 1985, nobody would have ever drank bleach ever to stop some kind of, of infection. Because everyone knew what bleach was and what it would do to you. Everyone. Yep. But not now. Oh, and Carl, if you drink a jug of bleach, the Zappa Trust will put out all of his albums and give them to you for free. All of his stuff. No, I don't need them. I'm fine. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, Carl. (laughs) By the way, uh, I, I love the one, too, not that it has anything to do with virus, but there was a uh, swing a couple of weeks ago uh, where people are putting uh, frozen potatoes up their butt for uh, hemorrhoids. Yeah. Yeah. The, the stupidity is insane. Seriously. And Carl might know this. And Vicky, was there ever a film noir movie about a contagious virus? 
Um, probably. Was there, Carl? Well, um, there's DOA, but he, that was poison. Panic in the streets. There's death in, oh, panic in the streets. I don't yeah. really call that up. I really consider that sort of sci-fi. It's a film kind more. Of. What it is is a gangster robs uh, this medical supply warehouse, and he gets uh, exposed to what was it? Forget. Uh, it was either influenza or some a very strong virus, and they have twelve hours to track him down before he infects everybody. Right. I know what movie you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I forgot about this. One of my favorite shows. Oh, yes. Uh, Another favorite show was um, about a viral infection. So, no, we can keep going. This one's newer. No, what was yours? Um, You brought it up. Go ahead. Okay, this, uh, I saw this two years ago on... um, Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, you can watch this. It's called Fortitude. It's a 2015 to 2018 series. And the only reason why I started watching it is because in the first episode is Christopher Eccleton, and I love him. And I I don't see him enough, you know, um, the ninth doctor in Doctor Who, if you're wondering. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Look at this. And so I started watching it, and I was just totally hooked on this 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 thing because it did it it unravels so slowly, and um, this virus, it, this contagion, is is not easily passed between people, but it it mutates and becomes easier to pass between people. And so it's kind of a, like um, the uh, John Carpenter's The Thing and uh, because it's up at the top of the world. It's just, it's, I think it's in Iceland. It's just a really good, good, scary virus um, show. But here's the, here's the catch. It's got to do with um, climate change, climate melt, and um, big companies, big corporations going up to capitalize on all the, the new land that's no longer frozen. And as they dig in, you know, they dig into the Earth's old viruses and bacteria. And so it's just really good and scary as a GLO. Yeah, I've seen quite a few of those of the OOs of that plot set up, haven't you, Carl? Where, oh, absolutely. Uh, they dig into the Antarctic ice and find an ancient virus. But yeah. here's a good question, and Vicky sort of brought it up. Because of the way it spreads and mutates and stuff, would it be kind of safe to call the thing a virus movie? Uh, no, Maybe. it's still an alien. I mean, I well, can yeah. understand why you might consider that. But, yeah. but, but no. you know, wait, 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 wait. A virus is an alien. 
I'm not saying that it. Um, I I'll bet you someday in human history, not history like we're going to be history. Someday they're going to find these viruses and bacterium out in the asteroids. And so here's the thing. It's a solar system thing, a solar system thing. And so when you look at that long view and that super view of like the solar system, then maybe the thing, I know it had a spaceship and everything, came from the ninth planet out there in the Oort field. (laughs) And then there's that little film between 68 that's really been fought that is this a virus film or not, even though the director of it says it's not a virus film, and that would be Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if you want to argue that the thing is a virus movie, I think you got a better argument for Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, because right. there so is that. not a virus because they don't say what causes it. Right. Yeah, but you know, you know what? There is that little scene, and Romero is is the one guy in that scene yeah. where they're arguing about it, and it is mentioned. We don't know if it's a virus or not. Yeah, but that, we don't. But it could be. Okay. That really fits the COVID thing today. That that scene where they're like, you know what's causing this? We're doing extensive studies. We'll get back. We'll, we we have our best men working on it. And of How course, many the times thing have is, we heard that during any epidemic, be it AIDS, oh, be it bad cow virus, or anything. Oh, we, we didn't hear shit on AIDS it. because we'll we didn't give a shit. What? But uh, I, I just said you that know, we didn't hear anything on AIDS because the government didn't give a shit about AIDS. Okay, yes, never the mind. government did. You are wrong, Carl. Just because a lot of people that you and I knew died of AIDS doesn't mean the government didn't care about it. In fact, it was some really good scientists between um, France and America that actually pinpointed what was going on. Okay, oh, no, I, the government I don't was just that, afraid. But, but just like anything else, there, there was a period of inaction of over two years. Well, the problem right. was is that what was AIDS called when it first came out? Oh, God, uh, I was trying to think of that the other day. It's, it, I, I remember what it was called. It was called SIDS. Who I forget what that cancer. means. Well, yeah, it was called the gay cancer, too. And so, yeah, you know, but that, that, the CDC was wanting straight men who had it to come forward with it because it would be, you know... Mm-hmm. So they could dispel that myth and make it easier to get a count, but none of the straight men would come forward because I ain't coming forward because oh, that means really? that I'm gay. Uh, there was a lot of that. That that it is definitely a problem with that. You know, yeah. there was that, but but you know, there there was certainly inaction. I lost twenty people at least. Oh, there's a hell of a lot of inaction. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's get back because we were we were talking about night. Hold on, guys. 
we were talking about Night of the Living Dead. We might as well jump to the real Romero uh, plague film. Okay? And that, of course, would be The Crazies. And then, of course, they did the remake of it in 2010. So what do you guys think about that film? The remake I like better, but the first one is good, too. That's the one where uh, the virus crashes into the drinking water, Vicky, and it had what's-his-name from uh, Justified. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Everyone else does, too. I can't think of his name. I could see him in his cowboy hat. Timothy Olyphant. Yeah. There you the go. The problem is, that's Vicky, him. is that they sold the movie as a slasher, and it's not. It's more sci-fi than the movie sold itself as, isn't it, Carl? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and the thing is, the remake actually took the, the, the original idea that Romero had. It didn't focus on the scientists trying to cure it. It focused on what was happening outside. Uh, and, and in this town, and then of course it, it would travel to other towns, and I think it's a, a wonderful remake. I really do, um, but I do prefer the original. The original is a is really gritty, and and, and part of that is because of the the budget. Uh, but again, you have a black you know with with uh, Romero, you have a black uh, uh, hero figure. Uh, protagonist figure uh, uh, and there's all sorts of comments about race there's a number of things and of course Romero is always you know about the social uh, comment and don't forget uh, and about so, the biggest joke in the movie Carl okay the only one who doesn't get infected in the whole movie uh-huh. is the alcoholic yeah because he doesn't drink the water. He just drinks booze all the time. <laughs> that's the same in, um, that's a ripoff of um, Andromeda Strain because that's exactly the same thing that happened to one of the and, survivors and in Piedmont. Huh? Oh, I would say yeah, that. Yeah. that and, and in fact, yeah, and in fact uh, not. I wouldn't doubt that. Oh, no, yeah, no. Not only is it a nod, he's actually. Romero actually uh, acknowledged that. Yeah. Oh, no, did no, no. he? Romero okay, well, then it's that. not a rip. The Andromeda Strain, when did that come out, 69 or 70? The movie or the book? The movie. Um, God, I have it. 69, uh, I think. I could check yeah. that. So, yeah, I think it's 60s. I think the movie came out in, yeah, 68 71, 1971. 71? Okay, then the book came out in like 68, and 69. The book, book yeah. came out in 69. Yeah. We'll let Vicky take this one because she loves it so much. I do. I even taught it in school a couple of times before the principal, the first principal that I didn't like very much came in and said, what are the kids doing reading this? I don't know. It's really good. It re- it fits. But anyway, um, no, the first time that I read it was probably 1970. And it completely scared me to death because, of course, it's set in a small town in Arizona, not the book is. 
and uh, we have these big wide skies, and I could see satellites and stuff in the sky all the time. Um, and so the whole thing about this thing, this contagion from outer space, is that it was so different and so new that they couldn't figure out what the heck it was doing, and it was doing something that was so different, actually turning blood to powder that, I mean, people were just dying because their blood was was not liquid anymore. It just killed them almost instantly, and that it's just really scary. So anyway, this is the first book that um, Michael Crichton wrote that he got widespread acknowledgement that this guy can really write a thriller and and andromeda strain andromeda strain really set his career off i mean of course he made more money with jurassic park and all of that but it's andromeda strain and then the um then of course it was turned into a movie with um and walter hill did the movie and I can't remember. I don't have any information on it from memory. Didn't direct that. That was directed by Robert no? Wise. Robert no, Wise. I didn't say he directed it. I said he did it. Walter Hill's money was involved in it. Oh, oh, produced. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so, and then it had um, good actors in it, people that were um, not always used as you know, the big stars in movies. And so it gave it this real and gritty, uh, like, you know, the scientists behind the scenes, we don't, we don't know. Yeah, it, it's like, but it's kind of real. You and I are hoping for a cure, right? Or at least some kind of vaccine, right? But we don't right. see those guys' faces. We don't know who they are. One of one of our governors or the president or somebody's going to come out and say, "Here it is." But the guys who are working so hard on it will never know their faces. Right. So that's what made Andromeda Strain the movie so good, um, giving it the human element. I, I really liked it. But the book is more scary. Read the book. You want to read something scary right now? Read that book. Well, I, I have something for you, Vicky, on this, okay? So mm-hmm. one of the actresses in that movie, in the Andromeda Strain, was Kate Reed. Did you know that she was in another uh, uh, pandemic movie? Nope. What was she in? Okay, so, so a couple years later after this, the Canadians decided to do, oh, we'll do our version. Now, now Kate Reed is a Canadian uh, actress. So they got Kate Reed, and there's this little film uh, called Plague. And I, it, I think it, I know it, that. It, it's a different take on this, but again, it focuses in on the doctors. And it's actually pretty good. Not, not, not in Andromeda Strain territory, but for a very, very uh, um, inexpensive film, uh, they got one of the best directors up there, Ed Hunt, um, and it's and it's a film that I champion. I really think they did a really good job on it, and it's something you should uh, uh, check out. I've, I've seen it. it. No, I've seen it. Well, I mean, I saw it a long time ago. It's good. Yes. You doubt Vicky? 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> But, no, but but let me tell you something. I'm extremely surprised you've seen it because it, it, I saw it, it it's very hard to see. It's, I saw it a long, 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 long time ago. It was Probably, interesting uh, period because yeah, go ahead. between uh, Robinson Crusoe on Mars, uh, Marooned, and. 2001 and then Domin's Exchange, it really created what I call the science faction uh, genre. You know, you're forgetting one, uh, Steve. What? Countdown. Countdown. Yeah, I said Countdown. Oh, you did say Countdown. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah. That, because usually we'd have the aliens or like Fantastic Voyage. We'll shrink you down and inject you into someone's body. But those movies stuck to science facts and used probable science theory. I know most people will be shocked, but Robin Crusoe in Mars, everything that he does in that movie was tested and confirmed as a way to survive on a hostile planet with the atmosphere that Mars had by mm-hmm. NASA scientists. Right. That's a great well, film, by the way. I just watched that the other night. I love that movie. Oh, that's a great film. Absolute fantastic film. And second, the Andromeda Strain created its own little subgenre, which I call Andromeda Strain exploitation. You had a uh, that one that Carl said, what was it? Plague. Uh, the plague, uh, the Alpha incident. There was a few more that just took the basic structure of the alien virus lands on Earth, blah, 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 of the Andromeda strain and just made a movie. Mm-hmm. Doomsday virus is one, but that's yeah. late. Uh, well, there is a movie called Virus. I mean, there's lots of... Oh, well, that's the Kenji Fukusatu. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on. There's lots of movies out there. Yeah. Virus yes, by Kenji Fukusaku? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one has to be the most realistic and downbeat virus film I've ever freaking saw. Really Jeez. super scary. And people in those those buildings uh, d- um, dying and uh, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we and had like, that. You know what? We're, for, we're forgetting one. Uh, and, and you go back way, 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 way back. You were talking about Jules Verne. And yeah. you were talking uh-huh. about uh, go back to Poe. Mask of the Red Death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure that that's a virus? <laughs> yeah, the Red uh, Death is right, actual virus. Uh, uh, the, what was the Black Plague? Yeah, it was basically the Black Plague. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and take out the flower to fall to Raleigh was basically how a group of people who are hiding in a castle were uh, corrupted by this virus when their patient zero, who is revealed to be Prospero himself, is infected with the virus and it ends up killing everyone in there. There are a couple of other films that we've completely forgotten. I knew that something was scratching my brain. And um, The Last Man on Earth, 1964, Vincent Price. Oh, you think I was not saving the king of uh, the modern viral (laughs) movies for last? Not for last, but yeah, now that you brought it up, uh, the movie. And the one that... Oh, go ahead. It's well. Go ahead, say the movies first, and then we'll mention the book that it was all based on. Okay. Okay. Well, there was um, the Last Man on Earth. Yes, of course. And then the one that scared me the most was the Omega Man, because um, no matter how well Charlton Heston fortified his place, and I mean he really fortified his home, and well this. Place that he adopted so that he could be the last man on earth. Um, uh, he still, his human need to have human contact still was his downfall. It's so scary. So bloody scary. I love that film. Love that film. But what's it based on, Stephen? And Will Smith did a remake of it in the old. Right. Was okay, um, 2007. It wasn't that good. No, it wasn't that good. I was really and disappointed that will be with Richard that. Richard Matheson's really yeah. the first horror novel to be set in the modern 50s suburbs. I am legend. Yep. Yes, great yes, writer, yes. great Gary. book. Seriously. Gary. <laughs> And if you read the book, most of it is about the scientific method that, because he isn't a scientist or knows any science, that the main hero really stumbles into the fact that they aren't vampires, but they're infected with this virus that makes them believe that they are. Yeah, it's it's a really great book, uh, and I as you know, as you recommended the one book I recommend uh, Andromeda Strain. I recommend this book. Right, I love. Well, we're I gonna have it. plenty of time. Read both of them. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna be sitting around for a long time. Read um, both books. We're not gonna ruin the ending of I Am Legend, but it just seems like none of the movies. Got it. Even tried to tackle the ending of the book. No. Oh no. Well, Andromeda Strain did a pretty no, good that's job. That's what makes Andromeda Strain the... stand out because it did the ending of the book. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, they well, had not to so with it's I a am scary legend. movie. Yeah. But all the I Am Legends uh, uh, adaptations have not really tackled the ending right. of the book. Right, okay. right. Yeah, I'm sorry, people, but 
Richard Matheson didn't write about albino hippies. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I freaking love Anthony Zerby, and that was the movie that turned me on to Anthony Zerby. Yeah. I loved him in that. Seriously. Great actor. Great actor. Character actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um... There's a, I want to talk about another one also oh, because they made a TV series out of it, and I haven't watched it yet, so I can't, and I think Carl might know a little bit about it. But I was telling my students on the last day of school, Friday, I go, yeah, you guys, you gotta, you got to watch 12 Monkeys. And they're like, what do you mean? And I go, well, there's a TV show about it, and I don't know much about it. I go, but you got to watch the movie 12 Monkeys. And see, you know, it's got some time travel in it, and it's all about virus getting out of the lab. Because there were kids um, talking about, isn't this man-made? Don't you think it's a man-made virus? And I'm like, well, you know, I got my theory. And uh, uh, and so I was telling them about 12 monkeys. I go, look it up. You can find it on Netflix or Prime. (laughs) And I go, the only thing is there's an annoying actress who screams all the time. It's very hard to watch. And Brad Pitt's butt. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that I, was the movie okay. Brad showed me that Brad Pitt could act, act. Oh, yes, without yes, a fucking doubt. The first movie that it was like, oh, Brad Pitt isn't just a pretty boy. Yes. No. Yes. Got some potential there, Brad. <laughs> and I do love well, there's well, of no course, real yeah. explanation for what's go- what the virus is. And what well, they've the known about. Spread. Yeah, no, there's a plenty. There's plenty of explanation. Of we have known for decades, if not eighty to a hundred years, that there's a special group of viruses that animals carry, and that I've done a lot of research the past couple of weeks, and we've known it. This virus, we've known about this virus and how it can um, mutate. We always talk about the A and the B flu viruses and how they mutate and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but we've also known about these zoo viruses. They're the coronaviruses, mostly come from birds, but all these are under this, um, it's got Z-O-O in it. So I call them zoo viruses because they come from animals. That when people are infected with them, look at um, Ebola, look at HIV, look at SARS, look at MERS coming from camels. So when you watch 12 Monkeys and the movie and you see that that virus comes out of where those animals are let loose, you know it's one of these viruses. It's one of those animal viruses that kill people. That, there's but, no but, mystery okay. to me. Okay, so so I need to talk about both the the, the movie and the uh, TV show that's based on Twelve Monkeys. So let's do the movie first. The the movie is basically an adaptation of another film called La Chate, uh by um, oh I forget who it's by, but Chris Marker. That's who it's by. And and it's on Criterion so, streaming right now if you want to watch it. Absolutely. So, and it's only 17 minutes. Uh, but 
he was an experimental uh, filmmaker. Terry Gillum loved this film, wanted to to do something. He uh, got Charles McCown and, and Richard LaGravineze to work on, on, on the script. It's, it's a wonderful movie. Very Terry Gillum-esque. Uh, Bruce Willis does some of his best work ever, and so does uh, Christopher Plummer's in it. And, of course, we talked about Brad Pitt. Uh, uh, it's, it's a great film. It's a great film. But I will say that the end shot of the film is what is also the end shot of uh, La Chate. And that's what really going to do. Okay, they, the whole ending is the same ending, and I'm not going to give it away. Uh, right. Now, the TV series basically takes the time travel. Okay, and there's the virus component also, but it gets a lot more complicated. And I will tell you something, uh, Vicky. Out of all the time yeah. travel series and that we've seen, this is really complex what they do because there are there's like different levels of the time travel and they interact with each other and 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 change things and so on and so forth. And uh, it's a really Really good series. I think it's one of the best series out there. And, and and I would put it on on. I know how much you love the Expanse. I would put it as my Expanse. I think it's that good. Oh God, nothing. You know, nothing. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I think. Close to the Expanse. And and I'll tell you yeah. something else. The actress that they have, uh, who is Jones, uh, uh, is Barbara Sokopa. Barbara Sokova is a German actress oh. I know from yes. from Fastbinder back in this, and I love her. I love her character. Yes. I love the characters in this. Uh, uh, they took the Jeffrey Goins character and switched it to a female, and the actress who does it is absolutely fantastic. It's a wonderful, wonderful series. I recommend it highly. Seriously. If you've got some time and it's streaming, I would love you to watch it. And then you can call me back later and tell me a bullshit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we all yeah. have time. I'll probably get to 12 Monkeys, too. <laughs> Carl, what's this if shit yeah. you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but one really? thing that they don't tell you about the virus is most films would hold your hand and tell you Exactly what's going on with every shot like you're stupid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. No. Not at all. It doesn't hold your hand at all. Neither does the TV show. doesn't hold your hand. You've got to figure this shit out. Well, and there's other movies, too. Oh yeah, I got I got one I have to get to. Carl, Vicky has five minutes left before she wants to go. Name some other movies that you want to before you leave, Miss Vicky. Okay, yeah, because Westworld is coming on tonight, and so I've got to watch it, even though I've heard that it's not so great. We'll see. Okay, my favorite, and the ones that the kids the kids at school are talking about it a lot because the virus started in in supposedly in China in a city called Wuhan. And in Wuhan, there's a bio lab in Wuhan. And um, 
it's it's got the name Wuhan in it, but its symbol is almost identical to the um, Umbrella Corporation that the famous, famous video games, Resident Evil, and the movies that I love so much, the Resident Evil movies, are all about the virus, the T-virus, and um, I love those movies. I hate zombies. And I'm not very good at zombie movies. I just don't, I just can't buy into it. But I just love Resident Evil. Plus, I've, I've played Resident Evil video games forever. And um, when I went to the PlayStation Experience, I went into the Haunted House for two games ago for the uh, reve- reveal of that game. And it was just great. And then, of course, my favorite, favorite Virus movies of modern times are the 28 days and the 28 weeks later, especially 28 days, waking up, being in the hospital. Well, this happens in Resident Evil also with Alice. So 28 days later kind of copied Resident Evil. And so there are two stars. They wake up in a hospital and like, what the hell's going on? Where is everybody? And they walk outside and everyone's dead. It's a great way to start a virus movie. And so I know that you guys like 28 Days Later. I know that you don't like too much the Resident Evil movies, but they're fun, especially if you play the game. There's no question they're fun. The third and fourth one are fun. The last two were eh. Yeah, that was stretching it. Totally stretching it. They're not, those two aren't in my library. I don't have them in my DVD library. But I do um, love the first one. That was fun. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Got a lot of social commentary in it. And I love Mila Jojovich. So, yeah. Oh, God, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with yes. that. <laughs> and Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Oh, it's just fantastic in that. Just kill me. Remember, just kill me if I start to turn. Just kill me. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. She's so great in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. before you go, Vicky, I, I finally seen The Predator uh, Saturday. Uh, the new one? Yeah. Oh, what'd you think? I fucking hated it. Oh, I did too. I fucking hated it. Oh, Carl, God. imagine there's a scene with a predator, the monster, and Olivia Munn and Elaine Hero are beating it down with their bare fists, Carl. No. Yeah, no. right. No. And I hated the whole kid thing. We always have to have a kid in these movies now. Got to have a child because all the movie makers have children, so we got to have that violin going. That's a Fred I, Decker oh. thing. That's a Fred Decker oh, thing, that is isn't Fred. it, Carl? Yeah, that's Fred Decker. Yeah, but no, it's always—it's so much in everything these days. I can't stand it. Imagine if they had had okay. the original ending. How much would that pissed you off, Vicky? Where they'd opened up uh, that coffin, that thing at the end, and there'd been Ripley and Newt in it. Oh, oh, 
Um, well, I was already hating it as it was going on and on and on, and it was too long. Oh, God, just put me out of my misery. Um, you know what? There was also, yeah, I would have hate, I would have hated that. But the thing that stands out to me is that the action scenes were so staged that I couldn't buy into any of it because I could see, oh, that was choreographed. Oh, that was choreographed. Oh, look at that. This is going to be an explosion. Kaboom. It was, oh, it was such an awful movie. Awful. <laughs> couldn't stand it. And so, but um, what about 28 Days Later? What do you guys think? Good film. I like the first one. The second one was, eh. Well, yeah, well, the second one the first one, don't forget it. the first one has Brendan Fraser. Or not Brendan Fraser, Brendan Gleeson. Yes. Well, I think it's just yeah. one of the greatest actors of all time. Right. And, of course, he dies and in the first one. So the second one can't be. Yeah. But how he dies, how he gets it. Oh, man, and it made me cry. I know. It was really, really um, heart-wrenching. And then they had those moments in that movie. This is why I love this. Danny Boyle sometimes really hits it right on because they're all eating. They had just raided a grocery store. And so they found a place where they felt safe. So they had a picnic out on um, this grass in a meadow. And then a family of horses come running through and they're just, just like what's happening in the world right now, animals are starting to come out of wherever they're at because people are inside where they should be because we're just an infection anyway. Anyway, whoops, commentary. So anyway, here's these people scared to death, eating the food that's left over and seeing these horses, a family of horses running carefree, don't have to worry about anything. And it's a surreal moment, which makes that movie, I don't know, it just makes that movie more powerful. Also, Christopher Eccleston's in that movie, too. Woo! Like that. So, but no, the So, if you have time, just, I want to mention one other film, Vicki, and see yeah. what you think of it. Yeah, I do. Okay? I have like five minutes, yeah. What? Okay. Pontypool. Oh, Have God. you watched yes. that? Okay. So tell me what you think about Pontypool. Well, the thing that I loved about it is that it's contained within the radio show, right? I mean, the radio show. Right, and, and the language. It's all about language. Yes. It's all about language, and it's all and you don't know what's going on. All you know mm-hmm. is you're starting to get these reports of crazy shit happening, crazy stuff happening out there. And uh, and so you're supposed to be on the air. You can't go outside and look, but it's getting closer and closer to the radio station. And the more you try to find out about what's happening out there, the less and less you know. Yeah, it's so great. It, the tension is, is incredible. The suspense is really credible, incredible. And, really and the other film. thing I love about that film is its love of language. That first bit with the oscilloscope and Mrs. French's cat. It's just yes. my mouth dropped oh, yeah. on the floor. Yeah, that's And really, it also really has our favorite Canadian actor of all time, Stephen, and you know who that is. Who's yeah, that? Yeah, Stephen McCaddy. We love Stephen McCaddy. 
Yeah. And I we do agree with one of the movie's messages that words are a very dangerous thing, no matter how many people try to downplay them. Oh, absolutely. Right. right. I agree, because our, our dolt of a president, he's proving it every single day as he says stupid stuff as we are trying to protect ourselves from an unseen death sentence, right? Right. Words count. Words count. And so as Dr. Fushi gets out there, Fuchi gets out there and says the things that really need to be said, and people look at him like Pence looks at him with laser eyes, like, I'm going to kill you next time you say, tell people that this is dangerous. It's Pontypool's point about words. Yeah. I have yeah. one more TV show. One more TV show because it's, it's it's horror and everything, but it's also science fiction, and it's called Helix. And um, unfortunately, they didn't do a season three, which they really should have done. But the first season of Helix is not just scary; it's done really well. The second season of Helix is put together um, really quickly. But Helix is a, is another one. They're up in or they're down in Antarctica, and a virus gets out. That's what they've been working on. Virus gets out, and people become like zombies. They they just blood just comes out of their mouths. But they're not stupid bo- zombies. They're smart bo- zombies, which makes it even scarier. And there's also a way to reverse it, and it's also man made. It's Scary. Helix is good. Not as good as Fortitude. Fortitude is acted really, really well. Along and it's got lots of good actors in it, and lots of good Icelandic actors also. So, so I think that's about all for me. That was one of the best things about Land of the Dead is that it showed the zombies get smart. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's one scene that shows a zombie standing. They have, like, a lake built around mm-hmm. the area that's supposed to keep the zombies out. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh. So it's it, it, it's uh, it's the triangle, what they call the triangle, where the, the rivers meet. Yeah. It, it shows a zombie looks sideways, then the other ways, and then, he's think, then all of a sudden pops in his head, wait, I'm dead. I can't drown. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and then it shows him bloop walking into the water and just walking across it and climbing. Underwater. He's not walking on yeah. the water. Let's let's clarify that. Right, right. He walks underwater right. and just through there. That's yeah. great. That is great. Yeah, well Yeah, we we, we love viruses. George Romero. Yeah, take care, Vicky. <laughs> Stay safe, darn it. I will. We order you to, right? I know. Right, Carl? Absolutely. Be safe, my dear. Absolutely. Well, here's the deal. You know, I worry most about my mom because she's 81. And uh, my job just didn't seem to take really consideration that we workers also have family members who are in high-risk categories. So I was really scared about it. But now, finally, since they closed down the schools, um, if your kid can't eat because you are a drug addict, then you 
are responsible. I'm sorry the school that you've been leaning on the schools for so long, but geez, man, I'm not going to infect my family because you are a drug addict and the school has to feed your kid. So I was, I, I'm not happy that the way in which our, um, this is social commentary, you guys. I'm not happy the way that our leaders have um, fallen down every single step of the way on this. But maybe we can learn and we can elect real leaders for now on. So I'm I'm pretty sure I'm safe. I mean, Carl, you're in New York, so you you have more virus outbreaks than I do here in California. So we should all just stay safe. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for letting me be on the show today. Okay. You're welcome. This was fun. And I'll come back with my show. Stephen will talk about it. And um, Vicky Loves Sci-Fi is going to come back and talk about that horror of a show called Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Anyway, okay. Um you guys take care of yourself. Goodbye, everyone. Talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, so, bye. Bye. Okay, she's gone, Carl. Get the good movies from out from under the couch. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and now yeah, we have to talk about us. one of his favorite viral outbreak movies, which I didn't like that much. But he likes it because it's got strong women whipping ass, and that would be, which has really turned out to be a real cult classic, and that is Neil Marshall's, what is the title Doomsday. of that, Carl? Uh, Doomsday. God, I love this movie. It's, it's To me, it's not a, really a virus movie because it, 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 there is a virus in it, but there's just so much. It's like... Neil Marshall and, and, and the writer of it, co-writer of it, they looked at all the 80s movies and, and all these movies, and they decided to throw everything in that they loved into this movie. So you have you have viruses. You have uh, uh, people on horseback. You have people uh, frying up people. Uh, you have a bunch of 80s punks, punk rockers, Frying up uh, someone for barbecue to uh, um, the pet shop boys uh, and dancing to it. You have all, and then you have Rona Mitra, who Stephen thinks is extremely miscast. Okay, come on, I was giving you that. Uh, but she's okay. But she's kicking ass. And 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 I I love this movie. Taro as a punk rock goddess. <laughs> Yeah, we've said if you if you switched them, it would have been better probably. But nonetheless, man, Who's on the DVD I love cover? this movie. Now hold on, Stephen. Hold on. <laughs> I love this movie because everything is in there. And how can you get bored with all this stuff going on and you're just looking at it like, wow? And then don't forget Malcolm McDowell on horseback and not giving in a night suit. <laughs> Exactly, and having a blast. Everybody in this movie is Bob Hoskins. Fucking Bob Hoskins in this movie. I love this movie. I fucking love this movie. 
doesn't Malcolm actually say that in the movie? You need to help us. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Fuck? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. I mean, it really is. And it's one of the most entertaining batshit movies you've ever seen in your life. And the virus is there, but that's not the reason to go. The reason to go see it is that damn scene with the punks and, 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 and singing to the Pet Shop Boys. It's fucking hysterical. I love this movie. Well, it's an really love classic. It. I'll give it that much. <laughs> It didn't it's do a, crap it's at the box office, but once it hit DVD, goddamn. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's because everybody says, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, you got to watch this. I don't, uh, I don't know what it is, but you got to watch it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And one of my favorites is uh, 2010, After the Fall of New York. I know. You can, it, you're lucky it's out of date. <laughs> and as Michael Sopkow is the last fertile man on Earth after a virus caught, released by another band of evil people trying to create war causes every man and woman to be infertile, and it's about them running to the middle of uh, the quarantine zone to find the last fertile woman in New York with George Easton as a character named Big Ape who says, my dick can still get hard and I can impregnate woman. <laughs> yep. You've seen that one, haven't you? Oh, God, yeah, years ago. Well, you know, I actually saw that, I think, in, in, in one of the grindhouses. Yeah. I'm I'm positive it, it was one of the grind. And it has one of the greatest openings in virus post apocalypse fucking history. Okay. You're panning through this destroyed city, then you hear this beautiful trumpet theme. And then the camera pans and there's someone actually playing a fucking trumpet. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's just like, God, that is just so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, there, the post-virus movie has really been around, but why do you think that out of all of the movies they could have picked, they just went to Contagion? Do you think that's because it's the newest one? Probably. 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 Uh, uh, and plus, also, you know, you've heard that term. This is a contagion. So maybe that's it, too. And plus, by the way, I, the I have one other movie I want to mention. Yeah. I have one other movie I want to mention before we move on, if you don't mind, Stephen. Um, oh, go ahead. Did you ever see Blindness? That was a good one that came out in the same year Children of Men did, which is another virus film that sucked. Okay. But but the Blindness interesting thing good. about this, uh, Blindness is Good, it's based on a, uh, a novel by Jose Saramanga, a Portuguese author. But the most interesting thing, as I was looking at it, and it's Mark Ruffalo and, and, and Julianne Moore and a number of characters, and it's a very downbeat film. 
But do you know who wrote the script, uh, adapted the script for it? Who? Canadian god Don McKellar. Now, Don McKellar wrote one of your favorite movies with... uh, with uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, come on, Rabbit. Cronenberg. Uh, Cronenberg is yeah. in it. Okay. Do you know what movie I'm co- talking about? Don McKellar. What? Last night. Oh God, that's a good one. But Don McKellar of Last Night, who wrote and directed Last Night, did the adaptation of Blindness. I did not know that. A great end of the world movie. Watch last night. Yeah. But there's always been one thing that really connects all these films. They all are. They all spend the entire movie following the virus. Right, Carl. Well, that's not. Uh, they, it doesn't really do. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that even does it in Pontypool because you have the uh, uh, the reports. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if once they made a movie that instead of following the virus, they followed Patient Zero? How interesting would a movie like that be? Uh there was a. I know one that you're talking about, and that's probably what you're going to talk to. But, yeah, that would be very cool. Yeah. And that's what sets David Cronenberg ahead of – he was always ahead of the curve, and that's how he stayed ahead of a curve. He did a virus movie that wasn't about the virus. It was about patient zero. Zero, and that will be rabid. Which of course Not was just remake, remade by the which I heard is decent. I haven't heard no. I haven't heard good things, but I haven't heard people damning it either. Right. Okay. But yeah, tell us about the original, Carl, because I know how much you love, 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 love it. Like, well, it, it's it's basically Marilyn Chambers. With her boyfriend, and she's in a horrific motorcycle accident, and she's she's outside this experimental uh, surgical group who grab her and and do uh, experimental uh, uh, plastic surgery on her, and everything seems to be fine except there's a problem that this phallus comes out of her armpit and needs blood. And so whoever she's with, it takes blood from. And this phallus is infected with rabies. So whoever gets bit by this phallus turns rabid. And that, of course, is the title of the movie. And then what happens is there is this outbreak that happens in Montreal. And and Cronenberg has said he has definitely took uh, uh, a lot of... uh, uh, of the crazies ideas in terms of really looking at the lockdown and, and how, uh, uh, how that would affect everyone and so on and so forth. So what we're going through now to a certain degree 
you know, think of it as martial law type of lockdown. Uh, the other thing, too, and I, do you remember this? Steve, he, she, uh, she's in a barn and she needs blood, so she bites a cow. And the cow gets infected and the milk gets infected and that even uh, uh, spreads it past the uh, containment. Remember that? Yeah, and plus, that's an important scene because it shows her getting sick from that blood, which is the junkie taking the wrong kind of medicine and making them sick. Right. And, of course, there's a lot to this. It is about addiction. And that's a lot of what he's talking about in the film. But you're right, and in terms of focusing on on patient zero, that that it, it's a wonderful thing. And you does. can see it on Shutter. Mm-hmm. It's a great film. Yeah, very good film. But yeah, so are, there's a lot so are there of any others we want to con- we want to talk about? Because I don't think there is. No. Oh, you know what? There is one more, and I'll let you have what? it. What? Maggie. Maggie. Oh, the one with Paul Schwarzenegger? Yeah, that one's good. So so say a little bit about that. What it's about is Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a man whose uh, daughter runs out and gets attacked by a zombie and gets infected about it. And it's about him dealing with the fact that she is turning into a zombie and how helpless he is to deal with it. Yeah, and if you think that Arnold Schwarzenegger can act, you need to watch this movie. Seriously. And plus it's about just the pure helplessness when someone that you love gets sick and there's nothing you can do to uh, stop it. Mm -hmm. And there's a big age metaphor too because basically it shows her as... uh, trying to live a normal life while being infected with that. Mm-hmm. Now, it's something that doesn't immediately turn you into a zombie. You go through stages. And, of course, but, you, yeah, know, you can but, consider almost any zombie film a virus film. Basically, you can no. But there's so many that we don't want to bother with, it, except see the Romero films, damn it. Yeah. Agreed. Except well, I think we're for, done with that. Survival uh, of the Dead. Mm-hmm. That one, if someone offers to let you watch it for him, punch him in the mouth and call him a bastard. I I like Diary. I know we we argue about that. I said everyone but, you're right. but, but survival. Yeah, I know. Survival, I agree. Survival just doesn't work. I agree. 
I love 100%. the first two thirds of Diary. It's that last third where it gets goofy. Mm hmm. Understandable. And plus, Virus has the words "world fucking toughest Amish man." Oh, absolutely! I would watch a whole film with just him. Oh, are you kidding? Of course. Amish man walking around with a scythe and a big ass pack of dynamite, killing zombies. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Without a fucking That's one of the doubt. Intros either. He just walks up to him and says. Duck. Hold up a sign because he's mute and says duck. What? <laughs> I said duck, you idiot. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Seriously. And Land is better than its reputation. Land is very good. I really like Land. Land has aged well. Oh, land is so, so, uh, it's so political. And it's an action film, too, which is really what pissed people off. Right. And let's face it, it's got, uh, 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 John Leguizamo, too. In a great (laughs) fucking role. Yeah, he represents, doesn't he, for you? Leguizamo represents for you. Just that one line. I feel sorry for those zombies out there, especially a poor Mexican bastard out there. And then it shows a zombie with a lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) We love him. And Eugene Clark kicks ass as Big Daddy. Okay, and you know what? You know who else kicks ass in that movie? Fucking Robert Ooh. Joy. Robert Joy. Oh God! Come on, the yeah. guy, the guy, the guy that's uh, uh, mentally yeah, uh, the guy uh, has face gets, who got burned up. Right, exactly. Him. He's fucking amazing. Yeah. But yeah, we're all stuck in the house. So, what do you do? You go to streaming. What would I recommend that if you're looking for your fix and you love horror and sci-fi right now? Oh, I got easy. There's Swallow, which just came out. Have you heard of that one yep. yet? I have what heard about that? it. It's about the woman what? who has the Pika disease, right? Yeah, she has this illness where she's addicted to swallowing strange objects. She's pregnant, and she's married with a good family and all that, but she has this weird addiction with swallowing unique objects. Mm -hmm. Just look at the poster, and you'll see where it's going to go. It's pretty scary. Yeah. And there's Come to Daddy. Where oh, I missed this in the theater. I want to see this so bad. Yeah. It's it's on VOD. 
you know, but I know. hey. What it's about is about this guy, after 30 years, his father, played by Stephen McCaddy, or is he? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, invites him back to his cabin, and then things get weird. Very weird, from what I understand. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the best film of the year so far. Which, if okay. you like 80s action, or you're bitching about how they don't make them like they used to, fuck you, go see VFW. That sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. You got uh, what? You got what's his name from uh, Demon Knight, the main guy, William Sanderson, with a concrete cutter, Fred the Hammer Williamson, stoned on coke with a big ass. Banana knife cutting up punks. Nice. It's just balls to the walls. John Carpenter's eighties action about this these guys at the VF at the VFW hall, and this girl comes in and there's a whole bunch of punks after her because he stole their drugs, and it ends up being someone put it the best. It's a cross between. Uh, Assault on Precinct 13 and the Wild Bunch. Nice. And there's no wink, no nods, no, hey, look at this. Hey, look, we're 80s. No, it's just the fucking 80s action film. Early 80s vigilante William Lustig 80s action film. Nice. Very highly recommended. And there's Guns Akimbo, which some people have liked. I do. It's fun trash. It Nothing has wrong with Harry fun Potter. Trash. What? Nothing wrong with fun trash. It's Harry Potter. This is off these guys that run uh, a contest that streamed online where, where these uh, psychos and killers fight each other to the death. So he pisses them off so they get him and nailed two guns to his hand and sent, a, and sent their most psychotic woman fighter after him. Cool. And yes, it deals with the problems you would have with two guns nailed to your hands, like uh, taking a piss. Cool. Pulling your pants on. <laughs> Can you imagine how fucking hard it would be to pull your pants off? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and Amazon Prime has a lot of shit on sale. If you haven't seen Joker yet, they got it for like $5 to about $4 to rent, about 12 to buy. Nice. Uh, and, uh, the newest Rambo film for eight ninety nine to buy, four ninety nine to rent. Angel is Fallen, four ninety nine to rent, eight ninety nine to buy. The Lighthouse, which I got for eight ninety nine to buy. And Crawl, which I'll let Carl talk about, for ninety nine cents to rent. Oh, for A God's dollar. sake. 
Listen, I have no money, but anyone listening to this, seriously, PM me if you don't want to pay a fucking dollar for Carl. I'll give it to you. Seriously. It, it, to me, it was on my top ten. I think it was number three or four from last year because it is just so economically done. Very Pepper, and the, the, the girl who plays the lead is just fantastic. It's, it, it's 90 minutes. It's actually under 90 minutes. It just falls to the wall from the beginning. It's a great film. Uh, uh, and it's basically an animal terror film. And, uh, and it's uh, alligators or, or crocodiles. But, man, uh, uh, and, and it's Alexandra Aja who uh, uh, gave us um, uh, Piranha 3D, uh, High Tension, uh, the man is an extremely good, solid B-movie director. This thing is such a piece of clockwork. It just, everything moves in, in unison. It's, it's a great film. Recommend it extremely highly. There you go. Yeah, there's a million great deals on there. Just check it out. And if you got Shudder, the Steve Studio Store approval goes for... Dogs Don't Wear Pants, which is about a guy who gets who feels guilty because his wife and uh, uh, son has died, his family has died in a car crash. So he gets involved with this extreme dominatrix. And you can just guess where it goes from there. Oh, lovely. I showed you that trailer, remember? Mm-hmm, yeah, I remember. Where it shows him all beat the fuck up with bruises on his face, and he goes, are you all right? I've never been happier in my life. <laughs> yeah. And there's Knife, vers- Knife Plus Heart, which is one of the best gay slashers ever made there was the I said it before in the early 90s Gregor Rocky created a term called queer cinema which was films made by and made for gays without any worry about appealing to a straight audience that's what Knife Plus Heart is and plus it's one hell of a giallo too need to see it And there's Tigers, and then there's Bliss from the same guy who directed BFW. And Bliss is like a cross between a driller killer with with an artist going crazy because she can't create art and and the addiction. which I'm not going to say what it's about, of the addiction, because that might ruin some of it. But it's like a pure Abel Ferrara love note. Nice. And it's good. And there's Tigers Are Not Afraid, which if you haven't seen it, you need to. It's like, it's a horror film with cross, it's like, a whore, a whore, magic, it's like Buñuel's Los Ovidales, The Damned, 
done with magical in the magical realism style, set in the modern days of the drug cartels. Nice. That sounds cool, actually. Yeah, it's good. And coming in the next couple of weeks is Daniel is not a not real. Which you fucking need to see when it comes on, Carl. Okay. It's about a guy, a little boy. It starts out with a little boy who has an imaginary friend who he likes in the house and this kid because his mother, who's who's a paranoid schizophrenic and his father has left him, gets him to do it. But he gets older, his mother's getting worse, he's putting in a home, he can't afford it, he's socially awkward, so he lets the the monster out, and then it goes Cronenberg. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's the best thing that I've seen at the Knoxville Horror Fest last year. Okay. Daniel, is it Very real? Cool. Yeah, and, of course, on Netflix, weird. there's David Lynch's short, uh, What Did Jack Do?, which you need to see it in 60 minutes. It's fun. I finally got a chance to see it. Oh, what? You, how how hard did you laugh watching it? I, 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 it was more of a chuckle as opposed to an out like laugh, but, yeah. You can yeah, go there, right there. There was definitely chuckle. How do you like how the whole dialogue is word association rather than a script? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you could say, you could pretend I was in the circus and you would never believe how much my wife rolled my (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Well, it's very, very weird. Isn't that like Eraserhead era David Lynch weird? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. You got any meaning you would recommend people looking at looking up? Well, there's one on Tubi I know you'd recommend them see. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you want to laugh, go to Tubi and just uh, just Type in Mark Pirro or or Mark Pirro and, and Rectuma is on there. Uh, 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 Curse of the Queer Wolf. Mark Pirro is fucking hysterical, and we've had him on the show. I love Mark, and his work and, and his stuff is on Tubi. So I would recommend that highly. Yeah. Curse of the Queer Wolf is the best movie about a guy who gets bitten by a rabid. Uh, Transsexual, so when the full moon comes out, he turns into one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and by the way, uh, by the way, any Mark Pirro film, it's not politically correct. Just, just (laughs) go with it, okay? (laughs) It ain't. Do you know what I finally saw that one? uh, I I saw that one he he recommended the the one about God. Uh, Oh my God. It's on TV. Oh, good Lord. And I'm a church organist, and I'm laughing my ass off. 
Seriously. You want one of them talking Jesus heads now? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And oh, there's... fun stuff. Go ahead. No, I just said fun stuff. Go ahead, Stephen. And there's top of the heap on Tubi. Yes, there is. Uh, that's a movie I love. Um, think of a black exploitation cop movie crossed with Walter Mitty. I'm not joking. This one is an odd bird. This one is really strange. Uh, written and directed by Nicholas St. John, who had a small role uh, in Shaft. And uh, one of the few things he ever did, the only film he ever directed, and uh, was uh, filmed in Washington, D.C. <coughs> and it's just really odd. And it's very downbeat. There, There's a little bit of comedy in it, but uh, ultimately downbeat, and uh, uh, our our favorite all-time character actor shows up as a cab driver. Who? You know who that is? Dick no, Miller. Who? Dick Miller. Oh, Dick Miller. Dick Miller's in it for like two minutes. You know, yeah. um, but it's a really oh, good film that I recommend. Have you seen that yet? Have you gotten a chance no, to see that yet? To. There's so much I got to, got to see yet. You know? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's what Screaming did to me. It's like a giant list come up and went, ah, plop. <laughs> oh, and if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Shudder has Citizen Cohen. Oh, yeah, yeah, about Larry Cohen, which I have yeah, seen. Yeah, about actually. Larry Cohen. That it's good. We 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 love him. We 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 love. We would have made it a lot longer, but that's just us. Oh hell yeah! I would have gone more into his TV stuff. People forget about how good his stuff was was on the John Landis story. Oh, that's a great story. Why is my movie getting hold up? Oh, Larry Cohen's up on there shooting guns off there. Fucking Cohen. <laughs> Larry had a, a had a reputation. Let's let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. There's just so Seriously. much good uh, Oh, and if you haven't seen it and you're looking for a brutal nasty action film, Go see The Night Becomes Us on Netflix. That action film made me hurt bad. Mm -hmm. Nice. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Just watch it. There's enough movies there and TV on the streaming side, even the free ones. That you're gonna be good for a year. Yeah. Seriously, you can find stuff to to watch. There is no question about it. And now to close out the show, it ain't it. It ain't a thing. 
but you don't know shit if you ain't heard about the swing. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wasn't expecting hey, it that. Hey, it rhymed. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly impressed, David. <laughs> I'm truly impressed. To be honest, I'm going to give you the main swing, but, uh, but I will have to say this: we we talked about earlier how uh, Netflix and 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 that, of course, are are discounting prices and so on and so forth. But way before that was announced about a week or so ago, a, a little over a week, I've always said that whenever there's a time of trouble, there's a particular industry that jumps in and just absolutely nails it and gives you exactly what you want. And that would be the porn industry. And our friends at uh, both uh, Pornhub and X Hamster, uh, uh, basically uh, Pornhub... Um, Overseas is giving free free memberships and free premium memberships to everyone in Italy, and everyone in uh, they can't do it in China because they're not allowed in China, but uh, uh, everyone in Japan too. So uh, and so you got to give them credit for doing that. Also, uh, X Hamster uh, is doing the same thing for affected areas in the states. Uh, which would be San Francisco, particularly Chicago, uh, New York City. Uh, so, you know, if, if you need to masturbate, and, you know, who doesn't, uh, uh, you might want to check into this and get free premium for as long yeah. as everything shut down. And they're or saying at least... Or you have they can change your uh, region code. Oh, but, but that's bad. Yeah, that too. Bad, 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 bad. Oh, and this is a mini swing. Have you seen that picture today of uh, the doctors in China going to rural villages that don't have any road connection? No, I didn't. It looks like something out of an early 90s wushu film. Riding on horses. With their flowing robes in the air and the eyes, just looking like the most badass motherfuckers in the world. Nice. I have to find that Nothing picture give that. because they just look like damn. They won't <laughs> kick some Barbara's ass. Yep. Cool. Yeah, didn't you have another one, Stephen, too? Yeah, the main story is, well, there are these people that live in rural Australia who order supplies of stuff once every four months, but they change their provider. And because of a screw-up on a decimal point, they screwed up a tiny bit. So instead of ordering... 42 rolls of toilet paper, which will be enough to take them through six months, which their usual order thing is, Carl. Mm -hmm. They end up ordering 42 cases. Oh, good God. Yeah. 
I hope they're allowed to return them. No, they're going to have to. The, they're donating them to the efforts. Don't oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Right off. That's all right. I'm just glad that that's the worst, stupidest story this week. Cause usually, well, there is that picture of Crispin Glover at the store. No one said to our friend Harry Glover, what's his name? Uh, 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 Bruce. Bruce. Bruce Glover, but it showed Crispin Glover in the store buying like four cases of toilet paper. Yep. Bruce, you got to talk to the boy. That's all we're saying. I mean, I love you people, but why do you need so much toilet paper? I buy toilet paper maybe once or twice a month, maybe once a month. Yeah, I mean, we use it here. Yeah, and you thunder crap. <laughs> I do. I do. And you I don't make even no use that much that. toilet paper. <laughs> I do thunder crap. There is no yeah, doubt about it. And you don't use that much toilet paper. No. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, and if you're running low on hand sanitizer, here's a great recipe for homemade sanitizer and it works like a motherfucker too buy a big bottle of aloe vera and a big bottle well a bottle of cheap vodka mix them together and guess what you got Carl you got hand sanitizer that's right and it works. Nice. And uh, and vodka. Well, what does it smell like? Nothing. Yeah. Hell, if you go over to Russia, they use vodka for about anything, you know. Yeah. True. But everybody, stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. And this has been a... Let me get... Hold on. Let me get the box office mojo here so we can see how bad the damage is. Do-do-do. Okay, it's getting there. Ouch. Yeah, I I saw fifteen million total. Fifteen. Out. Yeah. Onward. Yeah. Number one movie, ten million. Number two. Yeah. I still believe nine million. Number three, Bloodshot, six million. Number four, The Invisible Man. Well, Bloodshot's nine million. The Invisible Man, six million. Damn, the Invisible Man's doing fucking good. Yeah. 
The hunt, five the million. Wor- the worst year, the worst, the worst weekend in two decades. No, the lowest weekend, eleven combined growth for the top ten since nineteen ninety-five. Okay, ninety-five. Uh, two, yeah, that's two and a half decades. Okay. Yeah. I saw over two decades, so yeah. And I don't blame them. No, not at all. Not by long uh, The Alamo Draft Houses in New York City are already closed down. Yeah. And I'm sure that the theaters are going to close down here at one point or another. All of the major performance places like uh, Lincoln Center, Carnegie Hall, all those are closed. We said at the beginning about the Catholic Church diocese, the Episcopal diocese. Yeah, everything's closed. Are the hookers still out working on the street or are they gone? Uh, Let me put it this way. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not in that area. If the hookers aren't working, even if I was, I couldn't afford it, so... Yeah. What? The bike. Hey, where the hook is at? They ain't working tonight. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And as a joke goes, you notice what's not been uh bought a lot and that's condoms. So what's uh March plus nine? Uh, that's uh, that's basically uh, December. September. December. November, December. December. Yeah. I would love to bet, go to Vegas, call in a bet, saying that in either December or January, we're going to have a baby boom on our hands. Yeah, they're they're gonna call this gener- generation the Corona something or other. Yeah. Corona oh, generation. How did you like the opening, Carl? I love the opening. <laughs> Fucking love the opening. Yeah. So all you greedy hoarders, feel sorry for the people on the dark star. Yep. They can't Agreed. go to the store and hoard toilet paper like you. They're, they were stuck out there. By by the way, I, I have to say this because my, my roommate ran across this in his feed. If you want to laugh, just Google Carol Burnett toilet paper. They had a, uh, years and years ago, they had a skit on Carol Burnett about toilet paper. It's fucking hysterical. I was laughing my ass off. So, yeah. And we will be back Tuesday with American Raspberry because we need politically incorrect films about mass shootings and Porter, bad Puerto Rican jokes and all sort of other jaw-dropping things. Uh, no, seriously, when I first saw this, when we talked about it a couple years ago, found it on, on, on YouTube. And uh, 
I watched it. I my mouth hit my jaw hit the floor like five or six times. I mean, this <laughs> thing is really, really on PC. It makes uh, 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 Amazon Women on the Moon and and Kentucky Fried Movie and even the Groove Tube tame. Seriously, this one has teeth. And with that. Good night, and thanks to Vicky, and thanks for you being here, Carl. And thanks for y'all listening, and don't forget, just, just keep calm, man. We'll be all right. I know yep. we will, because we always will be. All right, listen, people. Have oh, a good crap. night. Well, Thank you for joining us. There was one giant big uh, virus film that we forgot. What? Stephen King's The Stand. Yeah, that's a miniseries. And yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. The Captain first miniseries. Trip. Not the second one, the first one. Yeah. All I got to say is this. If you hear Sold Outside playing Don't Fear the Reaper, then be scared. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Stephen, I'm going to call it a night here. Good night. Tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. Do, 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 bottom dollar tomorrow. I don't know the words. Get some music on, Stephen.